information about this show, go to KUCI.org. You're tuning in to Activism for Amateurs um, here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And uh, just like to say a really warm good evening to everybody. Uh, I had thought that last week would be the last show, but thank goodness we have one more. So uh, one more time to air this awesome show that I've been um Bringing to you here on KUCI, again, I'm your host, Lauren. Uh, bringing to you here on KUCI, a show all about activism, student involvement, and student leadership um, here on the UCI campus. I reach beneath the skin of the street with each step, walking closer to my final destination of death. When I'm laying the rest, I'm only saving my breath. The Northwest fills the lungs, kills the pain in my chest. Take six quarters... And that was my all-time favorite Blue Scholars playing in the background there for you with that song, Joe Metro, um, as the intro song that I've been having for the past quarter that we've been here, uh, the past fall quarter here at KUCI. And um, let's see, we started the show last fall quarter. Um, actually, right after my summer training, we had the Activism for Amateurs show, starting off with the really awesome song, remixed by Kiwi. Um who comes from Long Beach, the Long Beach area, uh, right next to my area in San Pedro. Uh, shout out to Kiwi and to everybody else out there um, in Anakbayan, which is the Filipino human rights slash uh, youth uh, organization that, <laughs> that uh, first introduced me to all of the amazing people and things that you could learn just by being an activist and uh, I hope that one of the main messages I've had throughout the year um, about activism is that really anybody can be an activist and it just depends on you know what your interests are how passionate you are about them and what talent and hard work you could bring to the table in order to make your movement go even one single step further um, into creating social justice in your community or even in the world. And um, with Anak Bayan, uh, it's been, it was a wonderful experience um, learning more about activism and the organization as a high school student and then coming into college really excited about um, activism, which is why I wanted to have the show Activism for Amateurs, because I felt like myself, I was definitely an amateur. Now I probably still am an amateur. <laughs> Of all things, but um, it's a good word, you know. I mean, great alliteration in the title, if I must say. But an amateur is one who is most capable of learning everything you can possibly learn when it comes to learning about social justice and being passionate about it. That's really what this show is all about. Activism for Amateurs, being an activist show for all of those who are just 
really excited about the different types of social movements out there because they're really excited and encouraged to promote change in their communities. And there are so many people that we've interviewed um, through the duration of this show just learning more about the work that they do and the work that we could do also as individuals, um, even as people who are not necessarily involved in a movement right now. For example, if you just tune into the show and hear more about what certain activists are doing, it could definitely uh, lead you to do something else different in your life that can promote change in even just a small um, manner. Um, I remember one of the guest speakers that we had was talking about um, her new book, and she was explaining how it's important to have a spiritual connection. And what I mean spiritual, spirit can mean anything, but a spiritual connection with the environment around us in order for us to understand that we do affect the environment every single day, um, even as something as simple, and this really hit me, um, too, around the time that she came on to the air, something as simple as going on your laptop and, um, you know, searching on Facebook and things like that, like, we have no idea how much energy and how much fuel was used by the factories to even make that laptop that you're using, you know? Like, we don't really think about it, um, definitely because it's so far off from what we... Um, usually see as consumers you really just see the product but we never actually see the process of it um, which also uh, connects to one of the shows we had just recently with um, Delta Sigma coming on and talking about um, consumerism and uh, what is good consumerism versus what is bad and really good, con good consumerism um, what I have learned and I'm just sharing all the things I've learned from the previous show from all my previous guests is that it connects you to the world, really. The things that you choose to purchase um, from the places who have provided those products for you um, definitely have affected the planet um, in their own way. And it's so funny because I've never really been, like, interested in, you know, uh, going green and the environment. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to honestly say that. That was not my cup of tea even animal rights, I wasn't even that much into animal rights, but through this show I've learned so much about how it is important that we think of all these different areas that affect us in our lives every day and we just aren't conscious about it. So something as simple as that, um, really connecting, connecting to the environment by always keeping mindful of where we are and what we consume, what we use up, because it affects the world we live in every day. And I thought that was a very powerful statement when um, we had that on the air. And another person that I met, Laura West, um, for those listeners who have been following the show, really amazing youth activist. I was able to get in connection with her, thankfully through somebody I met through Radio Flag, and all of their support with the station has brought... A lot of blessings, I feel, to my show because I was able to meet this amazing youth activist. And she's an animal rights activist who's actually worked with the organization that was um, talking about all of the injustices being done to, um, you know, dolphins in Japan, for example, and how a uh, mass, mass number of um, dolphins and animals are killed um, in Japan, especially other types of sea life that is endangered now. And um, while I was talking with her about her work um, in Japan, her father also happened to have just survived the tsunami, 
when it hit um, in Japan um, earlier this year. So that was definitely a very um, eye-opening show, a mind-opening show for me also. Um, you know, all around us, we have activists um, at the same time uh, trying to do what they can to help Japan, especially with um, with um, relief, with funds, with sending resources, sending food, getting family members um, out of the area, things like that, searching for the missing um, people. But when I was able to have Alora Westad come on to the air for only 10 minutes and really describe what the tsunami did, it really made an impact um I remember him saying that he saw the water level rising at such a fast pace that every time you blink, it's a little bit higher. And the amount of fear that comes simply just from watching the water level rise and not knowing if you're even going to be able to survive, you know, the tsunami and all of that was definitely a big impact on me when we were interviewing him about it and uh, luckily he was able to get um airlifted out of the area um where he was with uh some of his other co-workers and um they were brought safely to the u.s and uh i remember Alora uh talking about the story of how she was just really excited to be um reconnected with her with her dad and to be able to see him after such a horrible natural disaster to hit while he was um out working with those uh, conservationists in Japan. And um, she also uh, said that one of the main messages that come with any natural disaster is to not only think about, um, I guess, the awe and the wonder of what a natural disaster can bring, uh, simply just the elements um, being one of the major things you have to fight against, but how um, people are not only dying, but people are also reconnecting again and they're seeing each other again and um they're able to find those who are missing and she said that being able to see um that from some of the footage that her dad had was one of the most i guess heartwarming experiences for her in that she realized the media only shows the bad things but all of these good things that can definitely help us think about all of the good that can come from a single act or from really pushing whatever movement you're involved in can really bring people together. And I thought that was very touching. So um, thank you, Laura, for that. Um, much uh, earlier in the show, uh, when I was interviewing people from Manak Bayan, my very first guest was actually um, Yasmin Kihano, who is an um, activist uh, was uh, part of Anak Bayan and is now part of the uh, Filipino Health Workers um, organization or chapter under the Bayan umbrella. And uh, she was explaining to us about her experience in the Philippines. And uh, me as a Filipino activist here in the States, we are Filipino-American activists technically, um, identity-wise. However, we very much are not able to reconnect with the people in the Philippines unless we go there and see what's going on for ourselves. So um, one of the other things is there actually was a flood in um, Cagayan de Oro um, in the Philippines earlier, and it has affected my family directly. Um, so that very much reminded me of the flood that I learned about in Japan. And really, it, it doesn't uh, matter where these 
disasters are occurring, what matters is that you see the same stories all the time about people being separated by the water, um, homes being destroyed, families being forced to move out um, because of the effect that the um, disasters have. And these things are very much sometimes products of how much we overuse our planet. So that was one of the main things that I was able to connect with um, in regards to the people that I've simply hosted on the air. Um, other people that we've had, uh, definitely representatives who are um, for the DREAM Act, came onto the air and talked about um, undocumented um, citizens who are living here in the U.S. right now and the challenges that they're facing. And um, it definitely hits home with a lot of families. Um, and I feel that the DREAM Act and the advocacy for it was very much there, but it's just so surprising to me that there's people who are undocumented um, citizens are just like us. They're around us all the time. They're workers just like us. And simply because they don't have a card that says their citizenship just completely strikes them away from their rights. And um, some of these rights as not only here in the U.S., but also in other countries of these human rights that people have um, to themselves are stripped away just because you don't have a citizenship card. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, and that's my view with that. So I feel like with all the things that we've been learning, not only through this show, but through our lifetimes and really understanding that people are not treated the way that they should be is one of the most appalling things that we could have um, in our present um, right now, um, especially with all the things we've seen historically. And people talk about it, but still it becomes a they're the other and I've earned whatever I have, and that's simply not the case. We should be looking out for each other, you know? And um, I feel like that's one of the main messages in activism also, looking out for each other. What does that mean for an community organizer or for somebody who works with even the international organizations um, looking out for each other in the sense that it is very much a global world where people are having um, more of a ethical consciousness on how what we do affects people not only other countries but in other communities with other identities all over the world and um, one of the biggest things that we've talked about on the show is really creating that network and showing support to other areas and other organizations even if they don't fall along your line of interest and um, that kind of goes along with one of the things I said about how it's important to network and use the amount of communication that we have now um, when Jesse Chang was student regent and he came on to talk about um, the power with mass movement and mass media and that people can really make such a big difference especially in today's technological age simply by voicing out what they see straight eye to eye and um, how they feel about some of the things that um, for example governments are doing that really should be given more attention and people not only governments but people in general individuals like you and me can take action by showing support even through um, things like, you know, Twitter, Facebook, other forms of um, internet and communication. Um, that's definitely shown as um, such power. And I was surprised um, 
to be honest, I was surprised with this um, show that, uh, you know, word, word gets around, news gets around, and things like that of um, movements, and uh, definitely all of the movements going on in the Middle East, um, Tunisia, um, in Egypt, um, all of those um, people coming together has definitely been an inspiring thing for me, and I feel like you know, being uh, having this activist uh, show um, in the Orange County area, very conservative um, area, with a uh, more alongside of the conservative um, campus, it's it's good to see those types of things outside of your own you know bubble, and it's been great. Um, I think being able to talk about those kinds of things, um, Olive Tree Initiative people came onto the air and talked to us about the conflict going on between. Um, Jerusalem and um, Israel and Palestine um, straight from what they analyzed and what they saw were that people just were tired of all the fighting and were tired of all the conflict and it just became such a huge political politically run um, controversy that didn't even really affect um, the local people, the local people who are right there in the middle of the conflict actually don't want it and are fine with having peace. And that was one of, that was a really great message, I feel, for me, especially with all of the controversy um, about the Israel-Palestinian conflict around the time I was in school last year. And it's just ridiculous. Uh, we hear about all these conflicts, but we don't think about the people who actually see it every day and actually want it to stop. Um, that's one of the biggest things I feel um, hits home with me in regards to that. And um, <laughs> now I remember when we had the uh, chalk writings um, here on campus uh, talking about the tuition hikes and the fee increases. Uh, some chalk writings such as speak out, speak up, um, all of those things all over the campus on the concrete and then students actually getting punished just for writing chalk on the floor. Um, yeah, that was ridiculous. A lot of, there's been a lot more chalk writings now on the concrete, I think, and that's a very simple thing, but, you know, whatever you gotta do to get, uh, your words, uh, communicated to the masses, I feel is, hey, it's all good to me, you know? Plus, simple water, just spray it off. And, um, we'll get, we'll get rid of the chalk and all of that. So, uh, we've also talked a lot about healthcare reform on the show, um, We've talked about the art of activism and how it can be expressed through different types of art. Um, some of those is uh, some of those forms is through spoken word, and I was really happy to uh, host the Uncultivated Rabbits, a really popular spoken word um, organization and performing performance group here at UCI onto the show, and they were amazing. Just had really great inspirational. Um, poetry and uh, also one of the um, activists who was involved with the um, movement to support migrant workers was a spoken word artist herself and she said really having the most personal stories that connect a migrant worker to that of the everyday life of us pretty much um, our everyday lives is what really hits home and um, sometimes you forget that these movements are made to look very impersonal by the media, um, by newspapers and things like that, but people who are performing and creating with their art can really make those types of movements personal and really connect with other people, um, even across borders. So 
uh, that was one of the lessons we learned. And um, with the Afghanistan, other organizations, student organizations such as the Afghanistan Development Project, um, had really amazing members, student members, UCI students who know about the issues going on in their home countries. Even if we are here in the United States, they're still able to talk about it. So um, there's a lot um, going on in Afghanistan. Even to this day, even if some troops were um, were taken um, out of the area um, by President Obama, it, the after effects are still very much there and the people still need help. And uh, I think that was one of the biggest things about it is just because troops are being taken out of the area doesn't mean everybody, um, all the local people are okay and their life, their life is very much still in shambles. And one of the other um, organizations we talked to was the Muslim, Stu Muslim Student Union. And oh my goodness, I love everybody in MSU learned so much about um, Islam awareness, um, uh, learned about... Um, Muslim life and uh, also wearing the hijab uh, had some ladies from MSU come onto the air one of my favorite shows and talk about what the hijab means to them and uh, we've seen some uprisings um, I believe in uh, Yorba Linda uh, really close to the uh, Irvine area of people rallying and telling them to go back to their country and that real Americans should stand for America and really just oppressing verbally oppressing um, the Muslim community and um, the Islam community um, that was um, meeting peacefully in the same area. And I thought that was just horrible. And there are things like this going on, um, and they've had been, they have been going on in the Irvine community, and people should really just speak out against it and not forget that those types of things happen, but also to learn more about the people who are being targeted and just learn that they're people just like us. And I feel like if all of those people who are um, rallying in your Belinda on that day, um, even yelling at children and their mothers, um, if they just simply communicated more and learned more about other cultures, then they would have more heart and they wouldn't be as horrible as they are, I have to say. But... Um, Besides that, we've talked about all of the other things, such as uh, different stories and dirt going on um, on the UCI campus, uh, things such as um, workers, uh, custodial workers being outsourced um, for reasons justified simply as per being able to provide the quality education here at the UC, and that um, very much means having to cut back on funding going towards other things, such as... Um, custodial staff and for that reason they are outsourced but because they're outsourced they are not given the proper workers rights that they should be given and that's definitely a problem um, for those who are still involved in joining um, that movement and by helping out in any, any way that you can um, there is a worker student alliance here on campus of college students grad students who are very much for helping um, all of the custodial staff that um, is here um, on UCI or has been affected um, by pretty much by what the what the UC says and um, we have a few minutes left on the show um, I've just been going over some reflections that I've had about um, pretty much things we've talked about on the show um, for the past year. And I came across a list of um, that I thought was very interesting, and I wanted to share a few of those things um, 
also to reflect how I feel about myself personally as an activist or as a student leader. And this list I found was in a book called 50 Great Things Leaders Do. And uh, I know it sounds very one, two, three, um, in which it is. Uh, there's a long list, but I'll go through some of them that really kind of uh, hit me. Uh, so the first one was uh, raise the bar. Es expect a lot from yourself because no one else will. And um, I think that's really true, especially as students now. Um, classes are very hard, and it's really hard to be involved in different things that you want to do, especially in um, activist movements. But um, if we don't expect a lot from ourselves to really have a social consciousness and show that through our actions and through our words, um, then nobody else is going to set that bar for us. So um, that's definitely one of the things that stood out to me. Also, uh, creating a common vision. I think by uh, seeing all the different types of movements from the Dream Act to um, from the Dream Act to the different movements going on, on on the campus, it's been hard to really show how all of these things are interconnected. And I feel that if we show that there is a common vision amongst all of the students who are involved in this, in these different movements, it could definitely show more solidarity and make the movements um, stronger. So uh, for all those listening out there, um, keep trying to communicate with other people, even if they're not necessarily um, part of your field, and just keep trying to create that common vision. Um, and I think one of the other things was, know it's okay to apologize, then do it. Um, it's, it's very hard to say, hey, I screwed up, you know, but um, to apologize and then to follow up with actions and to um, still help even after you feel like you've done something um, wrong in an organization is also a very good piece of advice from this list. Um, also, it, do not afraid to be emotional. That is one of the biggest things that has hit me for the past two years. Um, do not be afraid to be emotional. I can be a very emotional person um, when it comes to things um, such as injustices in the world, people being oppressed, people dying, things like that. It, you have to be. You have to be in order for us to keep those movements going and to stay passionate. So it's okay to be emotional. And I think that's one of the biggest things, not only to myself, but I would like to say to other people, it's fine. That's what connects us as human beings. And um, the last one that I would like to say is to be patient. Um, patience takes a lot. A lot of times students join these movements expecting change to happen right away, and it doesn't, but it will. And that's just a whole part about being patient. And also always being fired up. Uh, you can't be an activist unless you're excited about it, so be excited about it. And do something silly. Um, anything that can help along with the movement, even by getting together with a few community organizers and having a party, that shows solidarity and that creates community. So things as little as that can definitely keep your movement going. All right, so we're out of time. Um, this was the uh, last show for Activism for Amateurs. Um, so far, uh, next quarter, I won't be hosting this show, uh, but I do hope that we can have the show on the air again for all of you to listen to. It's been a pleasure, and I've loved being here on KUCI and talking about my passion for activism, and I hope that it has inspired all of those people listening out there, and good luck with all of your movements, and I show solidarity to everybody out there. So uh, I guess I will end with a chant, Makibaka Wagmatako, that means uh, do not be afraid in Tagalog, and of course, si se puede, we can do it. Um, so for everybody out there, have a wonderful um, quarter, this coming winter quarter, and I love KUCI. 
So you have just listened to Activism for Amateurs, only here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. So this is Lauren, and peace out.